Welcome to the Anti-Art Podcast, episode 37. Uh, I'm here with a very special and very uh, jacked and hormone-filled guest today. Uh, here with Alpha Male Soul. You want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do on your Instagram page? Hey guys, what's up? I'm Alpha Male Soul, the one and only, ironic, Alpha Male motivational page. Um, yeah, what do I do? I just take the piss out of, you know jacked up hormonal alpha males <laughs> patrick bateman and joker, uh, joker worshippers hell yeah if if it's red pilled expect me to satirize it in some way mm-hmm. so when when did you start your page and when did you start uh like making fun of these dudes exactly so i think i started it around october november of last year so 2020 Mm -hmm. and like originally i i just started it as a joke because i was like seeing some girl and she was like yo have you seen this page male soul who posts all these like really weird like misogynistic but slightly homoerotic posts and i was like yo i bet i could do this and um yeah at first i was just making posts that were really like subtly ironic and it didn't really catch much speed and then when i started doing stuff that was a little more overtly ironic it sort of started picking up a bit of attention and here we are today making just ridiculously like overtly ironic posts and somehow there are still misconstrued reddit and twitter (laughs) thinking i'm deadly serious so you gotta love it yeah the bodybuilding forums like love you in some ways and probably hate you in other the ones that are maybe a little bit smarter probably or hate you (laughs) yeah definitely <laughs> that's pretty funny um it, it's it's pretty crazy like the like going into like hyper pop and, and sophie in general like it, it is crazy how like um uh the worlds of like you know like alpha male like super alpha male sigma male like you know and the homoerotic stuff kind of do intersect with like hyper pop in certain ways it's weird to yeah, see that's true well because i mean i've been into hyper pop for well pretty much since it started with dawn of pc music and um yeah i guess you're right the the sort of um i know the irony behind it hyperpop has always been a very irony based genre and then um you know the lgbt alliance definitely comes into play there yeah for sure and and i was like um i was listening to this one podcast um where they had interviewed like dorian electra and um i forgot that i I'll post the, the link to it in the description, but essentially like what they were talking about is how like the, how like, um, people who want to become like a different type of male, like a, a better male or something will use hormones in the same way that like someone who's transitioning will use hormones. And it's very interesting. Yeah. Even to see the intersections between those two things, 
And people who try and become alpha, super, sigma, whatever, are usually like Dan Bilzerian, like uh, conser- super conservative types that don't like trans people. So it's weird to see, like, you know what I'm saying? They're doing literally, literally, literally the same process, but... Yeah, that is bizarre. And the the fact that just because you're born in a masculine body and you want to make it even more masculine, right? That that's fine. But if it's someone born in a female body who wants to become masculine, it's like, oh, no can't be having that it's like yeah uh, the the hypocrisy is crazy and i think it could definitely be argued like that you know transitioning from female to male using hormones is definitely more essential than like becoming like whatever the fuck like juggernaut or whatever they're trying to become like ultimately yeah, exactly you know what i mean I in some places it's definitely a lot more tasteful when you see what bodybuilders do to themselves yeah right they like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and it's yeah definitely more like more healthy to transition from you know, male to female or, 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 you know, female to male than to like pump yourself with like steroids, hormones. 100% like becoming a absolute balloon of a man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, now getting into kind of the music, um, uh, are you comfortable talking about like your, your education? Cause I, I remember over DMs, you were saying that you're like, um, you know, educated like pretty deeply in like electronic music and you even wrote a thesis on hyperpop. Yeah, so I just finished doing my bachelor's degree in music. And um, yeah, so for that, I was mainly focusing on avant-garde experimental electronic stuff. So more like um, textural soundscape stuff. So I was working with a bunch of museums, art galleries, Mm. fashion shows, that sort of thing, making like soundscapes and experimental soundtracks for them. And then... I mean, I've been producing sort of, I guess you could call it hyperpop for about, what, seven years now. Wow. I started off with the cringe EDM stuff and then went into, I don't know, a more like down tempo thing. And then like when hyperpop started like picking up in the mainstream, I was like, oh, I can take all of this, you know, EDM future based stuff that I made when i was like 16 and take some of those like you know like the big super sore chords and the mm-hmm. really loud screamy drums and put them into like a more tasteful hyperpop setting and it kind of works it's like i know it's sort of come full circle yeah it's very interesting and, and as somebody that's been making and and following it for years like what would you say like the differences between bubblegum bass and like modern hyperpop are is it like more free is it more like you know more complex less complex like what would you say yeah i mean so, I mean, I would say that bubblegum bass is, you know, one confined genre, whereas hyperpop is such a immensely broad term. Like, because, um, I mean, hyperpop didn't really come about as a term until sort of, I mean... Like two years, right? Here, but Something like yeah, that. Sort of like, it was, it was around, like, the 1000 Gex drop that mm-hmm. people were like, oh, wow, this is pop, but it's hyper. Yeah, and right. Then, um, because, I mean, that, that album is just, like, you know, it's a mashup of a bunch of different genres. And, you know, a lot of artists were taking stuff from each of those songs that they liked and warping it in their own way. And I guess that's how Hyperpop became so branched out. Whereas, like, the original Bubblegum bass was essentially just satirical chart pop music that had some experimental twists to it. Yeah, and it was pretty much confined to like the PC Music Volume One thing, and it was like um, unknown vocalist over like you know similar kind of like rubbery uh, organic instrumental type of thing. 
You know what I mean? Like high pitched exactly. female, yeah, high pitched female vocals. That's that's what I knew it as, like like Sophie's Lemonade or um, I don't know, there's some, throwing something. I forgot the name of the the the, the group um from the from the first compilation, but you know, uh, G O F O T Y stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I I think at at the heart of it, it is sort of stemming from you know hearing all of this just like really bland or like you know just whack pop music that was flooding the charts during the what like late 2000s and being like okay this is popular but then how can we make this experimental and fun but still listenable yeah no for sure that that seems to to be the case and and then i feel like again like charlie xcx definitely like um charlie xcx and sophie like kind of brought it full circle with the vroom vroom ep and then from there it kind of became more of like a not a serious genre the irony was definitely still there and like the weirdness was still there but it was more it was less of like yeah like like completely satirical and more of like stuff that could be played at a party could be played on the radio yeah exactly i think that that sophie charlie collab was potentially the first time that hyperpop sort of got into the mainstream because i mean obviously charlie blew up from making like you know generic pop music Mm -hmm. pretty much i mean not to say that her early stuff wasn't just as banging as it is now but Mm-hmm. you know in a different sense yeah like co- collaborating with rita aura rather than like pablo vitar or something yeah exactly you know what i mean so yeah it's, it's, it's interesting to see like these kind of landmark things like the the compilation is definitely a landmark the vroom vroom ep is definitely a landmark and then like you know uh, her mixtapes and then obviously the sophie ep which were uh sophie sorry lp debut lp that we're about to get into was definitely like a, a landmark thing uh transcending from the satirical like you know it had to be like a three-minute song you know very high-pitched vocals rubbery instrumental that's like the whole song but this is more like a different whole different like whole new world i guess that's the only proper way to say it right yeah yeah that she brought us into with this album um because the, the, the thing about sophie that i find so tragic and so sad is that she just had like uh her music just had unlimited potential mm, uh just because of just how like um again like how organic it is and how she like you know you could probably speak on this a little bit a little bit more as somebody who makes electronic music but like the way that she made her instrumentals the process by which she created and synthesized like these very specific instrumentals with no samples like um came from a place where like it was very transcendental very like like the bottom of the pool of ideas like like no no real there is influence of course like like madonna's like material girl would be like an influence but like the sound is something that we've never heard before. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, because she had such a unique style and you could tell that every single sound in each of her songs was something that she handcrafted herself. Mm-hmm. No drum packs, no presets or anything. It's all just synthesized, customized, right to her taste. Mm-hmm. And how difficult would you say on like a scale of one to ten? Like, it, how difficult is it to do something like that? Like, even to make one, like, like one of your own things. You know what I mean? Yeah, it depends on the sound you're making. Because I mean, if you want to go for the classic bubblegum bass, like big, bright chord progressions, mm-hmm. those synths are like piss easy to make because you're just stacking a bunch of saw waves and detuning them a bunch. But then when you're going into stuff that's more granular and like tactile like i mean the way at least the way that i've tried to make snares like sophie like, mm-hmm. you know the, like the big metal like like snares. that type of yeah. shit 
Mm-hmm. Like, like the sort of stuff that she has on face shopping that just like smash into your face. Mm-hmm. Those take a lot of, yeah, it's just sort of like hours of tweaking knobs, a tiny amount mm-hmm. and getting there. Cause I mean, the way that I've done it is using just like the stock Ableton operator, which is like a four oscillator synth that has like a bunch of uh, frequency modulation. You can just stack layers on top of them when you detune them a certain amount. Mm. put a bunch of effects on you get that very metallic organic like the 100 gex drums or whatever yeah exactly Mm -hmm. but then i imagine she would also you know record her own samples like hitting pots and pans yeah the classic way of you know getting as close to the sound that you want before you start processing it i see that, that that definitely makes a lot of sense like like her just like i can just imagine her like like smacking rubber smacking pots and pans and stuff it's just so crazy how like exactly. yeah just it's crazy how she was able to not only just craft this this whole genre out of thin air because really like i mean this is not like the the the, the specific drum patterns and the specific synths and stuff like is again it's something we never heard before but on top of that like i'm sure at the time people were like this is terrible music you know what I mean? It probably took a couple years for it probably took a couple years for people to stop saying that. And you know what I mean? It, it just it's very fearless to um, to roll through with this brand new sound and probably have, pe- you know, like, you know, for example, like I um, I brought my ex-girlfriend to a Sophie concert um, a long time ago, like when she had Lemonade and, and VZ and all those like singles out and the Vroom Vroom EP. And, you know, m- my friend and me brought our girlfriends to this concert and the two of them were in the back with their hands over their ears the whole time. No Be- way yeah like that's what i'm saying like it's like some people at the time were just like this sucks like i hate this music it's bad you know what i mean and for her and for her to understand no this is not bad it's it's the future like is is very brave to me and to continue to craft these instrumentals like no this is what i want to hear like you know what i mean yeah for real to have that like self-certainty for sure like yo i'm just gonna make this i'm gonna push these boundaries and i don't care who likes it and who doesn't yeah for sure paid paid off perfectly for her i i think so you know what i mean for sure and and you know that's a perfect segue kind of into um the first song it's okay to cry hell yeah um which as you said uh you know completely fearless um you know uh it starts off like with these very beautiful crystal clear synths and um in the video like this is the first time it's not the first time she showed her face obviously she did concerts and photo shoots but like the first and time as an artist, she could, yeah, it was like a face reveal, you know what I mean, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I mean, I think this song to start off the album is such a just straight a straight up, you know, putting everything she has out there. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like, if you'd only heard product and you booted up this album, you would probably think, okay, it's going to be more product sort of stuff, you know like dark and twisted mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff and it just comes in straight with that like really down-to-earth softness and then the first time you know hearing her voice potentially it's like a, such a huge switch up from what you would expect from well pc music in general for sure yeah i when i first heard when i've heard this first single i, I wasn't sure exactly what to make of it which I think with a lot of great music um, uh, is is always like a factor. You know what I mean? The first time I heard it, I was like, this is not, you know, the Sophie that I like. This is not Lemonade. This is not, you know, whatever, Vroom Vroom. It's not like it's not like that. And it definitely took me quite a while to um, fully get around to understanding, like, 
you know that this really was her like coming out like this is me type of thing and and um it you know finally like it kind of snapped for me and now i now i understand it as being i think one of like the greatest songs like of all time just like as far as again the beat the message behind it and i just love like the some of the lyrics on it like um you know um just so you know you got nothing to hide it's okay to cry because it feels like a message to you know it feels like a message to her listeners and um you know people who are coming out as trans people who are coming out as gay whatever on the on the spectrum um people you know stuff like that um but also just like for herself like it's okay to show your face it's okay to be emotional and and you know that kind of thing yeah and i i think just from a, a sonic standpoint like on a first listen i i thought okay this is quite a simple not so experimental song but then the more you listen to it the more you sort of key into the tiny little bits of detail that she like puts attention into and it's just like you know like every four or eight bars she'll put in some like crazy sound that's just like nestling right in the background for you to key into on your next lesson mm -hmm. and it's really cool how she manages to keep it really experimental but in a completely palatable like context yeah i, I see what you're saying like um like it, it's it's you can play this in front of people and maybe it wouldn't be too weird or anything or it wouldn't like um make people go like what is this or like it wouldn't like turn turn people off because it is very poppy and it is very bright but yeah at the same time she constantly switches it up with something different or or you know um just the just as maybe the the chorus starts to get a little bit like uh, we've heard this before then she switches it up to like the the choral vocals which i'm now uh understanding that Cecil believe actually contributed like background vocals to this song too oh yeah towards the end yeah she yeah on the outro mm -hmm. so i i think yeah, it's a I mean, cecil believe is on so many of these songs she's on pretty much i think she's pretty much as, as anytime you hear a vocal it's pretty much her no yeah uh -huh. i think so so this is really you know this album is really um cecil believe ex sophie like coming together as one and it, it it's it's just so cool like hearing it's okay to cry because it really is like a total switch up from everything she's done but then, like, Pony Boy is, like, she goes right back into the shadows. Yeah, I know, right? It, it's crazy how she, um, I mean, I think it's pretty clever, but she lulls you into this album with a, it's almost like a, a false sense of security. Like, oh, I'm mm -hmm. just going to have a, a pleasant ride here. And then as soon as the choral <laughs> outro, you're just smacked in the face with Pony Boy. Yeah, and again, again, Cecil Believe take, retakes over the vocals, and I, I don't know if it's Sophie doing the scary, like, um, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't know how to describe it exactly, like the pitch the, like, down? Pitch down vocals? Yeah. Yeah, um, I've actually, I've got the genius page up for it. Just oh, so beautiful. See who's doing what. So, yeah, it's um, Cecil in the intro, and then Sophie is doing all the pitch down stuff. All the scary, yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool, it's just like, oh, here's my face, here's my real voice, and then it's like, alright, like, now we're back in, like, eyes wide shut, and we're doing a BDSM party or something now exactly <laughs> yeah and i'm like the it's headmaster nice so sophie just launching straight into the bdsm yeah well i mean at, f at first it's kind of like oh she's hiding but at the same time it's kind of like oh well now like like sexually like i'm letting you into my world and showing you like what like you know the type of shit like i like like i do or like we do like you know what i mean it's like it, it's crazy because pony boy is such like a wild <laughs> fucking song yeah true and i think now, now that you say that, I can see why she um, might have, you know, had it going from It's Okay to Cry to this. Because, I mean, that first song is sort of, you know, saying it's alright to, you know, show your true self. Mm -hmm. 
believe in what you want to believe in and now now that you've got that security i'm gonna show you what i'm into yeah right it's like it's like yeah this is exactly this is it's all part of the same identity it's not like um it's not like crying and and being open and showing your face and like being in the light um needs to be exclusive or separate from you know these dark things like these taboo bdsm you know vibes they don't need to be different they can be it's all part of your your personality and who you want to be yeah exactly you know, which I think is cool. And and I think it's cool that it's okay to cry something I can play in front of my grandparents or my parents and then pony boy something I like, you know, famously it, it <laughs> killed kill Prince Charles or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> As they said, rip my guy. RIP. RIP. He shouldn't, he, he should have never listened to pony boy, but yeah, true. Some people just can't handle it. No. And, <laughs> and, and, and speaking of like the, the things that you were saying, um, the little switches up, that that um sophie kind of added um to the songs like it's okay to cry has some of them but pony boy has like um just from what i can tell as far as like different types of sounds i feel like pony boy is like the winner uh, uh, metal it's whips like smacks collage mm-hmm. yeah. the attention to detail is just insane like it's pretty much every word she or every line she says she's got a complimenting sound to just like finish up the bar yeah right exactly like, yeah, with the, the whip sounds the crazy like metal smacks they all they're, they're like metal like thuds that she always puts in it, it so, always reminds me of um you know slipknot when they've got the got the like two clowns on stage like smashing oh the metal drums metal or whatever shit. yeah i can i can it's, definitely it's, see it's the influence such a, a like a brutal slap in the face to it <laughs> Yeah, it really is a very like metal. I mean, metal literally, but metal like genre wise too. Yeah, definitely. For sure, I can see the influence there, and I, I just yeah, again, I just love all the different sounds, all like the slime stretching and like the, mm-hmm. you know, I just I love the 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 rhythmic like uh, the quality of it. It's just like bum 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 bum, like you know what I mean? I, just, yeah. I fucking love that shit. It's so cool. Yeah, and 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 oh, going. I really love oh. it in the um. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's that um, second section, maybe it's the bridge section, where it comes in with those sort of like almost deep housey chords. Oh, like da 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 da. That always reminds me of sort of like um, I don't know, like early two thousands, like arcade racing games. That sort of like yeah. racer sort of music. Yeah, it's funny because like um, when I was younger, like I heard like I don't know, I guess I was just in the prime age of like this music like being so super super popular. But, um, you know, I grew up in New Jersey and like on the boardwalk that like, just like you were saying with the racing games, every single fucking game would have like some sort of like, uh, you know, like old, you know, a rave song coming out of it. Whether you're doing a crane game, whether you're doing like a water gun game, like to fill up the balloon, it's oh, they're, all they were playing is like, you know what I mean? Vanga boys or, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Shit like that. Oh, man. What a time to be alive. Yeah, so this this it's oddly nostalgic, but it's like flipped into some other weird dark world that like I wasn't a part of when I was younger. So it's cool yeah, to hear. I get that. Yeah, it's super cool to hear in a different context. I would mm-hmm. say. Um, and then moving on to face shopping, which is like it is more of the same. And when I first heard the album, I was like, oh, it's like more of the same. But I really, I really do like the double helping of, you know, grime and darkness. Yeah, definitely. I think Pony Boy sort of it does leave you just in the mood for more of it. Yeah, and then it gives you more, yeah. Yeah, face shopping just slaps you with that second helping, and it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, like, slightly less, um, it's, like, slightly less dark, I guess, like, uh, lyrically, 
but like at the same time yeah it, it kind of molds it, it molds um pony boy and uh it's okay to cry into like one message essentially just like you can you can be yourself and you can change your face and you can like be whoever you want to be it is inspirational yeah. but it is very dark still yeah a hundred percent i mean uh, yeah definitely takes that airy like dark energy from pony boy and then rehashes the sort of it's okay to cry message yeah for for sure and and um you know the the percussion on this track is is notably very good as well um but like the lighter parts of it are, are very interesting and very good too um like towards the end it's like you can hear cecil like kind of like wailing out and like singing and it it stops all the pummeling percussion for like just a second and it kind of like puts you in the eye of the storm yeah you know what i mean i i, I do like that sort of sense of calmness that yeah comes in and and then that the fade up where it's like it's got that riser and then it, it suddenly starts like breaking and mm -hmm. and like gating out and then you're just suddenly hit again with that like low dark metallic bass line mm -hmm. it's just a, it's like it's, the, the music it just gets better every time i listen to it honestly it's just like every time it's so visceral but it's so like intelligent at the same time it's so like mm -hmm head pummeling and like hitting your head with a hammer but at the same time it like makes you think it's it's like i i don't know i don't i don't know of any music that is like this like honestly on earth it's it's yeah, so crazy true. i think it, it does always leave you with like just a, a little something to notice the next time you listen to it mm -hmm. yeah it's it's rewarding like in, in certain ways like you know like i i didn't i looking into the lyrics i didn't realize how how you know the lyrics from face shopping and and the lyrics from it's okay to cry are like you know kind of they do kind of mirror each other in some weird way but like it's very far gone at that point it's very like she's already shrouded in darkness and smoke and it's like not like that light shit from the first song mm -hmm. you know what i mean and then um you know is it cold in the water is again like a kind of um similar like melding of sounds where it is those like early early 2000s rave uh thing like, instrumentals kind of as you said like racing yeah. sounds um as you said and and like those like kind of like crystal synths but still used in like a crazier and darker uh, darker context you know yeah because i mean with is it cold in the water that like the main synth that drives it that like really like detuned filtered like it, it sounds like a like a sore lead and i think any other producer would have like taken that loop and been like oh yeah this is going to be a crazy edm song yeah and and she was just like nah no drums just keep it ambient Put my spooky ass vocals on it mm -hmm. yeah it really is like that it, it, she the way that she uses electronic music is really really interesting it really is like a tease almost like mm -hmm. like you'd you'd want to play this in the club but yeah there's no drums and there's no you know um you know bass or anything behind it or anything like that and it's very like it, it is very like artistic and like it is very like i don't know like like i can see this playing at a museum or like some sort of avant-garde thing that you were describing earlier you know what i mean it is very avant-garde definitely because it's so like textural as well like she just has a really especially on this song there's such a nice build-up of of that just soundscape that she's making through all of this yeah it is it is a, it's a good continuation of the first three songs and of, and and of the sound that she you know has made up until this point and um i think this is probably my favorite song on the album i would say it's okay to cry is like the most important or like if i was making a list of you know most important songs it would probably be on there rather than it's okay, it's cold in the water but i would say it's cold in the water is the best overall best beat and i, I love cecil's vocals like so much on this song 
Yeah, uh, she she sounds so eerie on this. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I was listening to this as a kid, I'd be terrified of it. But yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> now that I'm into good music, you can listen to it and you can find so much beauty in it, even though it's really, like, I know, daunting in a way. It is apocalyptic. It, it, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like you're lying in bed and there's ghosts in the walls whispering to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, with the vocals and with the lyrics, like I'm, I'm falling, depths endless, worlds turn to smoke. Yeah, it just like spooky song, but I love it so much. I know it's just like it. I just love the way that Sophie is like taking the world and just like destroying it, and then like rebuilding Sophie world, like you know, in its place type of shit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like all all these like really textural soundscape based songs it does sort of feel like world building for her own sophie universe in a way. Mm-hmm. which um sadly again she because she passed away in on january 30th of last year or january 20th i forgot i think it was the 30th um of last year um sadly she didn't get to build that universe and, and the rest of the world and that, that's what like makes me so you know upset uh, other than her passing of course like and, and and you know shout out to her family and shout out to all her friends who knew her like super well but like musically like she de- she definitely left like a, a whole a whole a, a, like a whole new world like in her wake like as far as like um you know hi- hyper pop goes and and influence goes but like you know directly made by her this is kind of where it stops and you know that that's what yeah. definitely makes me the most upset yeah it's a shame because she she was like the ultimate pioneer of well experimental electronic music um I I don't know if anyone's going to be able to fill those boots. <laughs> I don't think so either. Those big purple rubber boots. Yeah. <laughs> Never. I, I don't. I don't think so either. And it's uh-huh. yeah. It's just it's it just does suck because it, it is kind of left up to other people's devices to kind of like figure out like where she was going and maybe try and like forge ahead with it or something like that. But I don't know. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody. I I, I like hyperpop and I love what's out now, but I don't think anybody has made a statement like as bold and as just perfect as this album and you know the song in general yeah exactly i mean at the moment i feel like hyper pop as a scene is getting very stagnant and clonish now yeah it's like what one song will get onto like an editorial playlist and suddenly there's like 15 artists recreating the exact same song yeah right exactly because it's like 100 gex was definitely i would say that they're pretty original but even their drums are like definitely like you know I, I feel like Dylan Brady's entire style as far as drums are like definitely it's definitely owed to Sophie as far as the metallic, oh, you know, yeah, definitely. sound. And then people who aren't people who he produces for a lot of people, but then a lot of people just kind of like there's a lot of LA producers especially who like have the Dylan Brady sound and kind of do stuff with it. Like yeah, I mean I'm I'm guilty of it myself. <laughs> like I think after a thousand gex dropped i was like oh man let me try making some stuff like this and i just spent like a month making 100 gex type beats just to see how accurately i could recreate the sound yeah i feel like that's probably the best way to start and that's it's it's fun to make at the end of the day but Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know the the sound does i think it needs a bit of an update I agree. It is definitely like a snake, like eating itself, and the the influences are kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, it's people who are influenced by Sophie, aka 100 Gex, and 100 Gex influences people. Then they're influenced by those people. You know, it's like, it is like a circle of like, the same stuff, kind of. You know, high pitch vocals, metal drums, like, uh uh-huh. rave. Yeah, true. I think we need someone to just do something that's completely out of left field. I agree. 
something just absolutely nuts that no one else would ever think to do i th- I think like right now um who would you say right now is like kind of like forging the path ahead like like almost like carrying the torch like i would say probably if i had to say some one particular i would say maybe like i guess like 100 gex but other than 100 gex like i think blade has been doing a really good job at like taking the yeah, hyper pop sound and crazy good yeah yeah i like all right this is a very unpopular take but i think that good luck is blade's best release good luck yeah yeah i love it so much like mechatalk absolutely slapped on it um, mm-hmm. it's nice to hear blade doing something that i know it felt like a very pc music album it, it felt really like i was back in the um like volume one era yeah definitely like it is very yeah it's very ravey and like a whole different sound like that he you know is like combining rap and combining um hyper pop in a way that like i i didn't think you could do like Uh so i i really i really fuck with blade you know his last album the fool i thought was really good yeah it's so good yeah i gotta i gotta give uh i did review actually good time uh or is that what's the name of it again i'm sorry good Good luck. luck i did review that and i did like it quite a bit actually um i thought it was a cool sound for him I think him and like Playboy Cardi are like definitely like taking hyper pop type sounds and hyper pop like and I think they're forging ahead with it in, in rap, which I think is really cool. Yeah, true. I, I would say that yeah, Playboy Cardi is one of those artists, especially in the rap field, that he does just do whatever the fuck he wants to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I would say probably rap is, is doing it for me right now. But um other than that I'm you know, I'm definitely still waiting and I'm still, you know, eager to hear somebody who could step up and like kind of do a not a similar thing but like a whole a whole different thing for sure but um you know continuing to move on infatuation is another really good song off this album i mean every song on here i i like to some degree and i like a lot um but it continues like that uh playing with darkness and light this song it sounds like it could be like a a fun pop song but it's like has all the energy kind of drained out of it which i i think is cool yeah definitely i mean i i really love the way that it like seamlessly flows in from is it cold in the water mm. and then you're you she keeps all of that textural movement and then starts laying in the more delicate like major synths mm-hmm. uh, just like the sweet little like flicks of melody that get thrown in every now and then oh yeah like the um you're talking about like on the vo- on the vocal end or on like the instrumental end and and both to be honest mm-hmm like the la da 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 type of stuff mm-hmm. yeah i like that and I, I i again i like how the lyrics are playing with different things like you're deadly you're heavenly you're oh, oh innocent it's kind of like what exactly is it is this person evil are they good like it's kind of like the whole album is like trying to pick apart like a person or something and trying to understand them and by the end like you still don't understand them it's kind of it's very cool uh-huh and i think that it, it does fit the theme of infatuation so well Mm-hmm. You know, that feeling of, you know, having such a strong emotional need for someone and mm. not quite being able to get your head around them. Yeah, it's like an unrealistic expectation or something. Like you have like a, yeah, you might have some sort of way that you might think of them as innocent or heavenly, but in, in the end, like they might like hurt you or something like, mm-hmm. you know, the obsession could lead to like romance. The obsession could lead to heartbreak. It's like very, it is very cool. Like how, like it, it does, it it weirdly does describe like the mystery of being infatuated with somebody. I can see what you're saying. Yeah, and I think sonically it, it really complements that theme just with the the bittersweetness of it. Like, I know it's it's got all but a couple of the ingredients of a really upbeat pop song, but then she just strips it back. 
mm-hmm. makes it something really subtle and I don't know, almost it feels like it, it rides somewhere between hopeful and lusting. Yeah, and then also like yeah, it is yeah yeah it definitely like the life is like drained out of it in in certain ways, uh, but it, but it like injected back into it is like these kind of like um you listen to like one of Trek's point ever. Um, I've been listening to them a little recently after uh, seeing some of your stuff about them. But mm. I haven't done a full deep dive yet. I would definitely uh, look into um, Garden of Delete is really good. And um, I'm trying to think of another, like the Good Time soundtrack that uh, OPN made. Um, I can see a lot of like, I don't know if the inf- I don't know where the influence is coming from exactly, but like the synthesized guitars and um like some of like the bubbling like liquidy kind of sounds on this definitely remind me of something off those two albums for sure like mm-hmm. like the like the really like high piercing kind of like you know soloing sorrowful like almost like electronic sounding guitars yeah i can definitely see that like yeah. i i love when those pop in halfway through you know what i mean mm-hmm. um this song's great not okay is um i try to remember how that one goes exactly that, that one's kind of like yeah, brief okay. right it's yeah it's very brief and yeah, I, I gotta say, this is my favorite one on the album. Really? Yeah, I think because the uh, God, all the sound design is just so visceral and grating. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it, I don't know. It feels like the most intense ASMR you could go through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like those just like distorted beyond the point of recognition. Like I don't know if they're eight oh eights or if it's just noise. But also, what's really interesting is. Um, the way that she's used the uh, vocal sample because I I was listening to the original song that um like Dakota Banks vocals came from mm-hmm. and it's such a huge switch up because it like the original is just like I know it's it's an almost like R&B type song and you know she's transformed it into I don't even know what, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to describe, but it's, it's definitely one of those like, yeah, I was going to, it's definitely one of those short songs where like you definitely want more by the end of it. Like it definitely like feels like it's building up to something and then it kind of like subverts you again, like, um, into pretending, but like, yeah, I didn't even realize that, that this was a, a sample, uh, sampled vocal. So I definitely have to play that like, uh, to transition into something else as we're talking. I mean, it's, yeah, she's done the classic. Sophie move of sampling one of her own songs. So she oh. originally did the um Kota Bank song. Oh, interesting. I didn't even I thought it was a song from Oh, okay. So it's so it's a song that she produced essentially. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, and it's like I'm, almost I'm like not a little... sure if it was like a unreleased or a leak or whatever, but interesting. And then yeah, she totally just called, fucked um... it up. Yeah, the song is called What I Want. And yeah, I've been banging it the last couple of days. It's so good. Oh damn! Okay, all right. I gotta, I gotta definitely play that. Like uh, transitioning us into, yeah, definitely transitioning us into pretending. Uh, pretending is as another uh, complete and total uh, like switch up from everything. Like mm-hmm. pretending is just like it's it's more of the stuff that you probably produce for these fashion shows, avant garde museums, and such. Just like yeah, total exactly. ambient, total drone. Yeah, it feels like a, a lot like um, what's it called? Oh, electroacoustic music. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially like a really niche field of, you know, experimental soundscape stuff. That I don't know. I feel like only like university lecturers really listen to and make it. Yeah, so it's really cool seeing Sophie do something that is like 
stupid niche. Yeah. <laughs> he does it so well. Yeah, and puts it on this album that's like I, it's just like such a crazy album. Like it, it appeals to such a wide audience, and it was Grammy nominated and all these kind of things in a similar way. Like, like it's she ha- she inhabits a similar space that like Arca is kind of inhabiting at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, where, yeah, yeah, Arca is another one I wanted to shout out as far as somebody who's pioneering shit um, and has been pioneering shit. So shout out to Arca for sure. But yeah, she definitely inhabits a similar space. Yeah, she definitely inhabits a similar space as far as um as far as that goes, and and it's just like. It, it it's just so it's just so fucking crazy how she just like drops this like drone track and it's so long in the middle of like this you know these very punchy and very like you know what i mean like um visceral tunes like it just like she just totally is just like no i'm doing it's well, i'm doing a drone song now that's it yeah exactly and i mean the i think what the what's at the base of electroacoustic music is having texture and gestures so you'll have these really long drones that are slowly adding in layers and what i mean typically electroacoustic songs will be like 20 minutes long hmm. if you can call them songs even but um it the the sort of main point behind it is adding in all of these sounds and suddenly you'll find yourself like listening to this one sound and be like wait i don't remember when that came in because it's all just seamless within the texture and then you ha- just have like i know you can have a big gestural moment where everything just comes crashing in or crashing out and i think sophie really works in this genre so well yeah it's again uh, her attention to detail it just complements it perfectly yeah it makes it make, it definitely makes me wonder if she had a similar uh, education to you as far as like what you were saying with the electroacoustic uh not is that what you said electroacoustic yeah, electro-acoustic. yeah and like and like professors making it and professors listening to it and that kind of thing i can i can totally see her going to like a british yeah, school I be surprised yeah I could I gotta look into that for sure. Um hundred percent. I'll I'll hit you up with some some stuff by my university professors. Oh for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 cool. It's um you know, it's it's cool to to, to think that you're you're probably being educated in, in a similar way that, that she was. Um so I think that's I think yeah, that's cool. True. And um going into the next song, Immaterial is a complete and total switch up again from Ambient. And this is definitely I would say the most uh, the most like palatable the most direct the most like you know um radio ready if you can even call it that track on the whole album yeah definitely i mean it is quintessential pc music yeah right exactly (laughs) everything yeah it it, it, i love how it just again it like brings everything full circle as far as um the whole product thing goes you know i mean the immaterial aspect of it the plastic and the yeah and it flips um it, it definitely like you know um literally is hyper pop where it, it it takes a classic um madonna track a song that everybody's familiar with everybody knows a song that's you know been on makeup clothing commercials played in department stores played at clubs and it just totally like flips it on its head and and does all these weird fucking things with it yeah exactly and i i saw i do like the way that she's taken that obvious madonna influence with like madonna being i don't know like one of the faces of classic femininity mm-hmm. and with this i feel like sophie's saying all right th- this is my femininity this mm. is how i'm redefining it i didn't, I never even thought of it like that's really interesting yeah I'm, like i'm a material girl this is a material world and it's like mm-hmm. in the 80s like or whenever the madonna song was made like i feel like you know trans people were definitely not as accepted and they were definitely tokenized and they were definitely like fetishized and, and cast out and all the, all the bad things that you can do to somebody, you know, 
was happening at that time. And I, I just love how it takes a song from that era. You know what I mean? That was probably important to, to trans people in in ball culture and all that kind of stuff. It takes that kind of, you know, setting that kind of era and it just like totally like updates it, flips it. And it's like, you know, this is our shit. Like, you know what I mean? Madonna was voguing because of us, not because of Madonna didn't make that shit up. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. It's, you know, putting her own stamp on it as a trans woman. Yeah. And doing it in an absolutely amazing way. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And and some some people could call it like unoriginals and like because it's like sampled or whatever. But I again, I think it's like reclaiming like something that was kind of, you know, that belonged to trans culture originally. That that's, that whole pop sound, that whole everything that Madonna was doing, um, you know, as original and as great as she was, like if you've ever seen Paris is Burning, they were all they were doing all that shit first. So, yeah, exactly. You know, have you ever seen that movie? I haven't. But it's it's been on my watch list for a while. Incredible movie, like a lot a lot of things from culture, like definitely um, started there. I, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and that explains that um, that one. I I can't. I, I never know if it's like uh, an, just an unreleased track or if it's something that leaked. But mm-hmm. Sophie has that one song, "New York Is Burning." Oh, interesting. And it's just a crazy good like deep house type song like i don't know sort of vizzy esque mm-hmm. i don't know i just love the way sophie does deep house like because it, it, it it's such a basic well not, maybe not basic but i'd say it's one of the easier genres to make and then she just goes crazy with it putting in her own flair yeah exactly and she she does things with it that um yeah, like like you're saying, it's very easy and very basic to make, but she takes like the basic and easy things and like makes it like perfect. Like, and that's what I really love about her music so much. Like, all the songs from Product are so they're such simple tracks and like they have such simple lyrics and etc. But it's just like the way that she she like really builds them up and like makes them her own and like take yeah take, she takes the sound that's that's you know people were making you know um, seven inch singles of in the '90s and, and early 2000s like like the, you know what i mean like like they were nothing and then she just takes them and like makes them into high art like it's it fucking rules you know really challenges herself yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she really challenges herself with with the, with this music and the things that she makes um and yeah i mean she she's always just you know taking like a little bit of influence from this genre a little bit from this and then being like okay now i'm gonna redefine it and flip it on its head and suddenly it's you know her own amazing creation yeah exactly and um uh you know going into the last track whole new world uh it it that that one is another cool one where again like it goes you know it's okay to cry pony boy and then it goes face shopping where it's like a uh this plus this equals this i feel like immaterial plus um uh plus pretending equals you know whole new world because there's an ambient section there too Mm -hmm. yeah I think, yeah, that's another way in which she just manages to tie it all together. Mm-hmm. I th- think it's just so smart, like, uh-huh. where she, it's it's just such a fucking huge, like, it's such a statement of purpose where you just have this thing and you're like, I'm creating a whole new world. Like, I just closed my eyes and I saw a whole new vision for everything. And it just, like, from there, it just, she just predicted, like, so much stuff. Like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think the the way that each of these songs flow into each other is I don't know. It it feels like I don't know, similar to her sort of creation process of 
melding things together, putting her own stamp on it, having having songs fade into each other, having sudden dropouts and ambient stuff all into one it, melting into one another. Yeah, it, it just feels like one whole like world or one whole universe rather than like an album or like a single or something like that. Like this album really is like re- so replayable to me. Even the ambient or uh, drone or electronic acoustic, as you said, uh, uh, parts um, like it really does all come together in such a way that like you wouldn't expect and you wouldn't think would work, you know, all in one place, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I think the whole new world is a, a pretty perfect like summary of the entire album in a way mm. like ending it on this split song that sort of it it does its whole part one part two but the transition is so seamless that you wouldn't really realize that it's going into a, a second part and i think that sort of mimics the way that the entire album flows together yeah and it's very yeah it fades from this very anthemic and very loud and like proud kind of pop song that sounds like the world is ending into like literally literally like the world ending like very scary very smoky very like mysterious and and i think i i would assume that you know uh just to take a wild guess i would assume that whole new world would lead into late what later would be trans world i think that was like the name of her next album that she was piecing together um so that would be like the whole new world that she created essentially but again it's just it, it is very sad and very like disheartening that we never really got to see that and yeah you know um i'm sure i'm sure it exists somewhere but i just hope that like if it ever does come out i hope that it's like something that she would have wanted to come out you know what i mean like something that she would have like like to listen to herself type of thing yeah definitely though i i feel like even if the majority of the songs from that album do exist there's no way that anyone's going to be able to piece them together in a way that flows the way she intended it to Nah, even like uh, I think her brother is like the one who's like um kind of like the point man or whatever on the on the whole posthumous releases thing and yeah um it, again like she's just speaking her own language and like you know she's it's it is like it is chaos but it's like organized chaos in a way and and she's the only one who can kind of get the papers together and you know staple it just the right way type of thing yeah exactly I, I feel like so as many ingredients as you want but if you don't know what to do with them you're never going to get anything good out of it yeah yeah exactly and um yeah that kind of that wraps that wraps up the album um i would say um again a great fantastic album uh one of my favorite albums of all time uh, as far as like electronic music too um i'm sure you probably have a lot more deep cuts that you can pull but like you know this um probably like apex twins 80 uh, uh ambient works what is it 88 to 92 and um uh, Bjork's Homogenic are probably like my three favorite electronic albums. Oh yeah, that's definitely a good bunch of cuts. Those are definitely my three favorites. What would you? What, yeah, what would you say your three favorites are? I'd say th- this would definitely be up there. Um, and I know stealing a bit of Bjork from you, but I would say Vespertine is just such a great album. And hmm, off the top of my head, yo, you know, I've been listening to this dude in Stupendo mm-hmm. for a while, and he dropped something new recently, and it's just been on repeat the entire time. He's got such a, I don't know, soft but like really 
unique, weird sound to him. It, mm-hmm. it feels like it, it's another one of those artists that where you feel like it, it could just be pop music, but then the attention to detail and sound design brings it into an experimental light. Mm-hmm. I gotta check that out. Is it an album? Yeah, it is. Came out this year? Yeah, I think it was, what, three, four months ago? Okay, I gotta check it out then. Maybe um, I'm gonna release this. I'm doing an interview uh, this week with the uh, uh, Genesis Owasu. I don't know if you heard of him before. Oh, sick. Australian dude. So I'm gonna release that this week, and then the following week will be uh, this review. So it, you know, in that time, I'll probably check out that Instapendo album and, and do a review oh, of it. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm compiling. I'm also compiling um, the best albums of the year and getting there. So. Mm. Oh well, if you're looking for any more recommendations i would check out the latest misogi album as well okay yeah you gotta send definitely definitely send it to me after we uh we uh wrap up here for sure i'm, I'm down to look up anything down to listen to anything crazy anything that would be uh considered quote-unquote like anti as far as music goes uh-huh. you know what i mean um you know and that's again to bring it bring it all full circle and to kind of wrap up the um the this little conversation here sophie is definitely like an anti-artist um as in she did everything against the grain. You know, there's 200 people walking one direction. She's walking the other direction, bumping into everybody. Um, in a, in a way. The entire crowd. Yeah, right. Um, and it's it's just really crazy to to see like the, uh, you know, after she passed, like the, the the connection that she's had with this page is like something that like I'd never anticipated. Um, like the second podcast episode we did is actually the episode like the day that she had passed away, mm-hmm. and um you know from there it's just i haven't stopped thinking about her music um i you know i haven't there hasn't been a week where i haven't listened to something produced by sophie or you know what i mean it spawned like all these different things and and like all these you know these reviews that i did or like pictures i posted of her like they were always for a while like our top posts like people always fucked with them and people like would there, there's like specific like meme pages or influencers or people even like you who like like would message us and like be like oh i love your sophie review and then we connect over that and you know, uh, shout out Gallery of Zionism. Uh, not sure why she's not here, but you know, shout out her. I met her. Met her. Yeah, <laughs> love her. I uh, met her in a, a similar way. Um, it's just cool to see, like, you know, um, Sophie's like influence and Sophie's music, like connecting with so many people and connecting like so many disparate like groups of people over Instagram specifically. Yeah, for real. I mean, I feel like me and you probably met through some sort of Sophie-related thing because, like towards the beginning of my account you know starting to do well i was like exclusively followed by you know either alpha males who didn't know i was ironic or people who just saw the irony but then like i i ended up somehow getting into the that niche internet micro celebrity yeah field through you know like people like gallery of zionism and you know everyone who's posting the like hyper pop art pop memes mm-hmm and then, you know, becoming acquaintances, mutuals with them. I think that's sort of what skyrocketed my account. So Yeah, I would say so. Again, I have Sophie to thank for everything. <laughs> me too. Honestly, literally me too. Like, honestly. Like, I, I, it's just like I wouldn't have realized the potential. Like, uh, I wouldn't have realized the potential of like, like the things that I can do with the page and like the people that I can connect with. And you know what I mean? Um, without without like you know without her you know what i mean i just wish she was alive and i wish i could like review her music or i wish i could like interview her or or talk to somebody associated with her or something like that you know it, that would that's the only thing that would be even better i just wish that like yeah, for real. 
I wish that she was around to see like her, the things that she does in the community she's fostered like in real time and at her concerts and stuff like that. I just, I just wish she was alive. That's like, that's the whole takeaway. Like she's, yeah, uh-huh. she's, she's the fucking best. She's the fucking goat. Like I don't, I don't, she rules, you know? Yeah. For real. I mean, you summed it up. perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, to, to wrap up the, uh, anti-art episode, uh, what did I say? 37, 37, uh, I think so. Yeah, uh, been a really good conversation. Been really good talking to you. Sorry, sorry for all the delays, uh, time zone delays and such. Totally okay. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Been a pleasure as well. Is there anything that you want to plug or uh, talk, or talk about before we uh, finish up? Um, yeah. Maybe I should dox my own music while we're talking about hyperpop. So, um, yeah, if you're looking for anything. You know, a little bit experimental, a little bit popish, a little bit whack. Check out Rory on Spotify, Apple Music, and whatever you can. That's R O R I. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Good shit. Check it out, and uh, definitely follow Alpha Male Soul, especially during this Halloween time. The Patrick Bateman, Patrick Bateman vibes and Joker vibes are very strong. Oh, hell yeah! You know what I mean. Some spooky posts coming up soon. <laughs> For sure. And then I'm going to definitely combine some of the Sophia things that we talked about uh, with your uh, your metal, you know, uh, 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 Nightcore playlist you sent me a while back. Definitely going to put those two together and, and throw that out there for, for Halloween. Yeah, I think that's going to be amazing. Fuck yeah. All right, man. Uh, again, it's been a pleasure. It's been a great chat. Been a great Thank chat. So much for having me on. I'd love to have you on again sometime, talk about other shit. And, um, yeah, anytime. Always happy to talk. Hell yeah, man. And I got your shirt, too. <laughs> Oh, let's go. I'm psyched for that. I'm going to send that tomorrow. So, good shit, man. All right.